You're listening to a podcast from Northeast Christian Church. For more information about Northeast, go to ncclex.org. Thanks for listening. It's Father's Day, and uh, I want to echo David's uh, sentiments. Happy Father's Day to all of our dads, and uh, we're excited. I picked a picture of my dad uh, to honor and celebrate him, and it, it is a, it's a throwback. You can show me that photo if you guys don't mind. Um, hey, how's it going up there? <laughs> hey, peace. Can we show that picture? Yeah, mm-hmm. Man, I'll tell you what, we're firing a bunch of people this week. I, I'm kidding. Thank you. This is a picture of my dad. And if you can pull off a rust-colored leisure suit, I know, the 70s, right? He, look at him. He looks like he's owning it, right? Like, dude, I'm I killing in this thing, right? So uh, great influence in my life. And I'm, I miss him tremendously. And I know I'll see him again because of Jesus. So I'm grateful. Congratulations to all the dads here, and God bless you. That's my hope and my prayer for you. Uh, Father's Day is a time that we honor dads, but it's also a time as a reminder for those of us that are dads of the incredible, important role that we play in the life of our kids. We focus on fatherhood, and this focus reminds us that we who are fathers have a lot that's expected of us. And a lot of times we are far short of meeting that standard. We're thankful for our fathers and the positive impact that they've made in our lives. And we recognize that we can have the same influence in our own kids' lives. Here's the key point for all the dads here this morning. Dad, you have an important role to play. You really do. Whether you're a father or maybe you're a grandfather now, that role is vital, not only to your kids, but to the society as a whole. A father can pass along all of his insights and the lessons that he has learned, the important lessons that he's learned in life to his sons and to his daughters. But please don't wait until you're on your deathbed to do that. Today is the day. Now is the time. Seize the opportunity to impact your kids regardless of their age. Some of you say, well, my kids are already grown. It's never too late. It's never too late to model for them and teach them how to live a life that honors Jesus. So this morning, what I want to do is take a couple of minutes in the time that we have to study and to focus on four of the key realities that we have as fathers. Now, probably a lot of the dads in here already know these four realities, these truths about fatherhood. They already know them. And for a lot of you, you're already living them. So hopefully this message then is just an encouragement, a blessing to you. But if this is new to you, I want to I strongly encourage that you adopt these as things that you live in your own life. Because you're going to bless your kids, and I promise you, if you do these things well, it'll bless you as well. So the first of these realities is recognize the blessing and responsibility of being a father. Recognize the, the blessing and the responsibility, they go hand in hand, of being a father. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 127. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He's, he's saying here that our kids are a gift. They're a reward from God. They are a huge blessing from God. Now, there are times when you recognize your children are a blessing, and then you know 
dad, that there are times when your kids are, what shall we say, uh, challenging. It's whatever the opposite of blessing is. Yeah, they're that. But I don't want to focus on that this morning. I want to focus on the blessing part. Because our kids, if you really reflect for any time at all, you will recognize they're a huge blessing in our lives. I want you to think about something. Think, remember the first steps that your child took? They may be an adult now, but you remember that day they took their very first steps? Do you remember their first t-ball game or their first soccer game? First time they were a cheerleader? Do you remember the day they were baptized? For some of you, it was right over here. You remember that? Remember the first time they unexpectedly gave you a hug or told you that they loved you? Or maybe you were walking along and your teenage daughter just reached out her hand and grabbed hold. Or your college son dropped his load of laundry off right at his mom's feet and then went over and put his arm around your neck and pulled you in close. Mom got the laundry, you got the love. Do you remember those moments? Dad, you need to realize that outside of your relationship with Jesus and your wife, the relationship that you have with your kids is your highest priority. And to to view fatherhood as a secondary role is to offend every one of those men who desire to have children but have been unable to. Please don't take this role lightly. Having a child is a huge privilege. Children are a gift. They're a reward. And a gift like this, that's this significant, comes with some great responsibility. There's an old saying that goes like this. A ship in the harbor is safe, but that is not what ships are built for. If you think about that, Dad, our responsibility is to prepare them to leave the harbor or leave our family. Craig Rochelle said, if you don't want your family to turn out like every other family, then you need to raise them differently than everyone else. And he's exactly right. When raising our kids, we want to raise them differently. You have to realize that they are a huge blessing and a huge responsibility. So we talk about the blessing for a moment. We could talk about all the responsibilities, and we'd be here all week. There's so many of them, but I want to focus on just the one key responsibility that we have as dads, and that is this. Help your kids to know God's will. The plan that he has for their life, help them to discover it. Determining God's will is usually a process. It's not an event. And when you come out with God's final answer, there should be peace within that. One of the ways that we, we, we recognize this or we find this, we discover this, is through prayer. Prayer is a huge component in finding God's will for our lives. Finding that peace in that sweet spot that God has designed for us. And dad, you need to be the one teaching your kids how to pray. It's not just mom's responsibility. Actual spiritual leadership of the family rests on you. This is your call. Teaching them that prayer isn't just about asking God for things, but it's actually thanking God. And one of the best ways to teach your kids how to pray, to model for them prayer, is bedtime prayers. Now, if your kids are in their 20s, maybe rough sailing to do bedtime prayers with them, okay? (laughs) But if they're young, if they're little still, this is a great opportunity Great conversations are going to happen in these moments. Kids tend to be a lot more willing to share in a setting like that because they're in their bed. That's a safe place for them. And you're there with them, which makes it even safer. And then the lights are off, which means a lot of the distractions have been eliminated. 
And they're just going to talk, and you can pray, and you can show them how to talk with God. Don't take it lightly. Kids are a blessing and a responsibility. We need to teach them how to pray to take that responsibility seriously so that they can, on their journey, discover God's will for their lives. Kids are a blessing and a responsibility. Please don't take it lightly. Well, the second reality of being a father is the importance of spending time with your children. The importance of spending time with your children. Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16, the Apostle Paul says, Be very careful then how you will live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Paul says, Be very careful. Why does he say that? Because whenever you have lived, whenever someone has lived, the truth is that there is part of the culture that is not going to hold back. They are going to try to hit your kids with a barrage of worldly beliefs with the attempts to undermine their Christianity. Time goes by fast, parents. We don't have a lot of it. So we need to maximize it. Somebody said the days are long, but the years are short. I can testify to that. It just seemed like the other day that the girls were four and eight, and here they are now, 24 and 28. So have your priorities straight. Time is short, so we need to line up our priorities properly. You won't realize all the positive things that will come until you get your priorities in order with God. So reprioritize them in the way that they should be so that God is blessed. And for all the dads that are trying to reprioritize and they're finding that it's difficult, you may need to find a Christian man who's a few years ahead of you in this process and come alongside them and try to learn from them. A Northeast D group is a great place to find guys like that. Allow that man to help you to get your priorities in straight. Get, get your priorities straight. Get them in order. You got God first, your family second, and then your job. God, family, and then your job. If you want to know more about these D groups, just fill out that connect card David was referring to. And on the back side, just write D group. And somebody will follow up with you this week. Being a father means giving up your time for your kids. You're going to give it up so that you can experience life with them. And you're going to do it without resenting your kids. I mean, some people will say, yeah, okay, I'm going to spend some quality time with my kids, you know, through gritted teeth. Yeah, they want to spend time with a guy like that. There's a lot of love in that guy. If you're resentful toward it, they're going to notice it. There are a lot of, de- a lot of demands on your time which makes a lot of you feel like you're distancing yourself from your family. So you have to take the initiative, and you need to spend time with your kids intentionally. Now, there's a lot of good fathers in here who feel pressure regarding their time. But spending time with your kids shouldn't be filled with pressure. Here's the deal. They don't really need you to do anything. You don't need to entertain them or anything. They just need to be with you. All they want is your attention, your focus. Have you ever had your child actually grab your face and pull it over to them? That's what they want. And they need it on a regular basis. So prioritize to have that kind of quality time with them. All right, the third reality of being a father is simply this. Be the real deal. Be authentic. 
Quit faking. Be the real deal. Proverbs 10, 9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how there are no perfect people in this life. And do you know why that is? Do you remember why? We all have the same problem. What is the problem? I'm sorry. This is the audience participation portion of our program. What is the problem? Sin. Thank you. You're way better than the first service. <laughs> yeah, those people were napping. Okay. <laughs> Here's the deal. Romans 3 says, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, all of us have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. We all have that same problem. We all have sin in our lives, which means none of us are perfect. We all need a Savior. But here's the truth about your kids. They don't need you to be perfect. They just need you to be authentic. They need you to be real. They will know when you're faking it. They will. If you live one way when you're with your church friends and then you're another way when you're with your non-Christian friends, the world is going to see the difference and so will your kids. Dave Stone, who preaches at Southeast Christian in Louisville, says, if you live by a double standard, your children will always choose the easier of the two. And do you know that's the path that, that the world leads you to? That's the easier of the two paths. So don't live a double standard. You have to set a godly example for your kids. Don't live a double standard. Then once you decide, this is, the, this is the example that I'm committed to, and you strive for that, be consistently striving for it. Don't give up on it. It's not always going to be easy. There's going to be some challenges. But consistently work to set that example. Our kids are watching us. Dad, your kids are watching you. You need to set that example for them. And here's the deal. Even when they're older, they're still going to be watching the way that you live your life. In fact, it's going to be very similar to the, to, the, to the season of life they're in. The older they get, the more they become like an adult. And the more similarities there are between the way you live your life and the way they live theirs. In 1 John 1, 9, very common, well-known passage says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Why is this important? Because God calls us to confess our sins. He calls us to confess them when we sin. But Satan loves it when we hide our sins. When we kind of compress those. When rather than confessing them, we hide them. And the truth is that that is faking our spiritual walk. We can fake a lot of things in this world, but dads, God is going to know when you're faking, and eventually, eventually, most of the time, your family's going to know as well. So set a godly example and strive to live consistently. A hundred years from now, it won't matter what kind of car you drove or the house you lived in, but what will matter is if you made a difference in the lives of your kids. And that all starts with you being authentic with them. So dad, I want to encourage you to pour into your kids. Be patient with them. Pray for them. Teach them how to talk to God. Discipline them when they get out of line. Encourage them when things aren't going well. And protect them when they don't know as much as they should. And when a spiritual question comes from one of your kids, don't blow it off. 
Don't send them to mom. Even if you don't know the answer, you tell them you'll find out what the answer is. You might, you might feel like this isn't your department, but it needs to be your department. And it can be. All you need to do is faithfully spend time in God's Word. Take a, take a chapter a day and just read it. Write down any questions you have. Ask someone near you or close to you if they can answer those questions for you so you can grow in your understanding of what the Word is talking about. Read God's Word daily. Pray. And then start to lead your family spiritually. Dad, they'll be, your kids will be different because you were real. They're going to grow to be more like Jesus because you gave them the best example of Jesus that you, were poss- you possibly could give. Don't take that lightly. The fourth reality we want to look at this morning is one that might surprise some of you, and that's build safety fences. What does that mean? In general, men are better at building fences than women are. And before you ladies attack me, there are some women in here that are way better at building anything than I would ever be. I'm not talking about literal fences here. But what I'm talking about are walls and boundaries that our kids need built around them. Can't see a lot of them but you know what they are. When your daughter's two years old, you define her territory by what's safe to do and what isn't because you don't want her to get hurt. As she grows older, you take some of those fences down and you move some of them back. You give her latitude to roam. You give her more flexibility and more freedom. But she's always under your watchful guard. And then this happens. She turns 13. God help us all. She, she needs some of her fences reinforced with titanium. She needs fences that are very, very high that no boy can scale. And he needs to be shot at if he tries to. <laughs> Boundaries make our kids feel loved. They may not acknowledge that, but deep down that's true. Teens with a curfew know that someone is at home waiting on them, expecting them. They think that's very possible. They're actually at the door waiting for them to arrive. But kids without a curfew, they wonder, will it really matter? Does anybody care if I'm home or not? Now, teenagers often try to manipulate their fathers when it comes to curfews by, uh, by accusing them of not trusting them. Dad, all you have to do is tell your kids this. These boundaries that I have put into place have nothing to do with trust. It's all about keeping you safe and moving you in the right direction. And it doesn't matter how old your kids get. You still want to know that they're safe and moving in the right direction. It was probably about a year and a half ago, our daughter, Bailey, who's 28 years old, She was uh, flying in from Washington, D.C. into Nashville where she lives. And it was late that night. And uh, she and her mom have this routine. She will text her mom and say, I'm on the ground safe. I'm in the Uber heading home. And Ann always does what Ann does. She asks Bailey, thanks for telling me. Will you let me know when you're in your apartment safe? And it was late. It was probably uh, after midnight at that time. And Ann laid down. Anne was waiting for Bailey's text, and she dozed off. It was probably about 1.30, and Anne woke me up, and there was panic in her voice. She hadn't heard from Bailey, 
and Bailey wasn't responding to her texts or her calls. Ann said she should have been home over an hour ago. I started calling her. I started texting her. I even sent her an email. I'm not sure what I was thinking. But after 20 minutes of not hearing from her, Anne was panicking. And so was I, to be honest with you. So we agreed. Anne should call the Nashville Police Department. And so she did. And midway through Anne's phone call with the police, Bailey calls me and says, What's up? <laughs> she said, Sorry, I forgot. I got home and I unpacked my stuff and I got in there. And before I went to bed, I thought... I need to take a shower. So I hopped in the shower, and that's where she was when we were trying to reach her. I said, that's great to hear, honey. I hope, um, I hope you're doing well. You need to hang up for me right now and call your mom, because she's on the phone with the police department. <laughs> to which Bailey said, what? <laughs> she could only imagine a cop showing up while she's in a towel and, you know, wet hair. This, this can bother your kids a little bit. But I can promise you that deep down, they value knowing that somebody is really caring for them, looking out for them. I want to encourage you dads in one area. I think a lot of times in Father's Day messages, it's really different than Mother's Day. Have you noticed? Mother's Day messages are some of the most loving and encouraging and and blessing messages you will find. And rightly so. Things don't work if mom is, is laying down on the job. And we're grateful for our moms. But I found that a lot of times Father's Day messages are not quite as filled with the blessing. Have you noticed? It's more of a, hey, Dad, here's what you need to do to get it right. Okay? Well, hopefully we've encouraged you in some things this morning. But I want to I take a little bit of the pressure off for you guys. I don't think it's that... That's severe, that you have failed so miserably. Don't beat yourself up over missed opportunities in the past. Every one of us have had them. Even moms have had them. So don't beat yourself over. Beginning to change can start right now. You can make a new normal for you. We can learn from the past. We don't have to live in the past. Comebacks are possible, even when it comes to parenting. If historically your desire to climb the ladder of success has robbed you from your kids, the time that you should have spent with them, or pornography has caused you to take your eyes off the wife of your youth, or some hobby or physical pursuit has forced your family to settle for leftovers from you, or your love for this world has diminished your love for Christ, then you may feel like it's all over for you as an influential parent, but you would be dead wrong. You would be very, very wrong. You see, you can start your comeback today. God is a God of grace. And you'll probably find that your kids will give you a mulligan as well. And your wife, she too, will also give you a second chance. If you're serious about wanting to change. You see, the Bible's filled with stories of people who made huge mistakes. I mean, think about it. Noah got drunk. Jacob lied. Moses committed murder. David had an affair. Peter actually denied knowing his best friend Jesus. All of these guys were huge, made huge mistakes, and yet God used them in spite of their mistakes. So if you've made some mistakes in the past, that doesn't mean that God can't use you. If he could use those guys, he can use you as well. Maybe you're a different kind of father. Maybe you're on the other end of the continuum. 
your father was doing all the right stuff. I mean, to be honest, if there was some kind of evaluation, you'd score tens. You're killing it as a father. You're praying with your kids. You're spending time with them. You're discipling them. You're mentoring them. You're pouring into them. And they don't seem to get it. In fact, they yawn a lot when they're with you. Dad, don't give up on them. They need to come to their relationship with Jesus themselves. You can't force it. You can't make it happen. But you can hang in there with them. Now there's another group of guys here who you're probably sitting there thinking, well, this is all great. And I appreciate what you're saying, but I'm not a father. So how does this apply to me? Maybe you're a single guy or you're, you're a middle-aged married guy that just doesn't have kids for any number of reasons. And you're wondering, what's the point for me in this message? My challenge for you is that this next generation needs you to invest in them almost as much as they need their dad to. Coaches, neighbors, ministers, teachers, all of those people had invested in me at one time or another. And they didn't have to, but they did. And I benefited from it. Bob Stacy was a mentor of mine while I was in college. And I will never forget that on that one summer day in 1980, when he said to me that he saw potential in me to do ministry. That had a phenomenal impact on my life. In fact, Bob is a huge reason why I believe I'm standing right here today. So don't underestimate your influence, even if you don't have kids. And before I close, I want to say a word to all of the young people who are here this morning. Ephesians 6, verse 1 and following says this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. For the young people in this room, the challenge for you is to find a way to honor your parents. The Apostle Paul says that the, there is a promise that comes with honoring our parents. So we should want to honor them. We should figure out a way to honor them. Especially on Father's Day, we ought to do something to honor our dads. One of the ways to do that, Paul says, is by obeying the rules that they've set up in their home. Now, none of us like rules, especially the older we get, the more we feel like we need our freedom and our space. But the truth is, they have set those boundaries there for our benefit. Even if you've been off to college, living on your own, and now you're back. You were running your own life, and now you're back this summer living in their home. Obey their rules. Obey their rules. Ephesians 6 promises us that God blesses those who honor their parents. So honor your dad today. Hey, honor your dad every day. Let me close with this. There's a great book called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. It's by Meg Meeker. She's a doctor. And she writes this. She says, some of the best medical literature about keeping kids out of trouble comes from the Ad Health Study. With overwhelming evidence, this study shows that kids who feel connected to their parents and who spend more time with them fare much better than kids who don't. Parents keep kids out of trouble, period. That's what the study showed. Parental influence can be more important than peer pressure. So dad, hear me out. 
being with your kids is actually good for them. It will keep them out of trouble. So take your role as a father seriously and be involved in your kids' lives. Whether they recognize it or not, they need that. And as I close, I want to challenge all the dads in the room. No matter how old your kids are, how young they are, I want to ask you to step up your game. Because there's too much at stake in the world in which we're living. Can we agree on that? That all of us have some margin there that we could improve. The next generation needs your involvement. Some of them are in your home. Some of them are in your neighborhood. Some of them are in this church. They need your involvement. So invite the Lord into this process. And then watch. Because when you do that, that's when he does some of his very best work. Andy Stanley said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. And that's true. That's really true. God will come alongside you, and Dad, you can do this. You, can, you just can't do this on your own. You need his help. You can do it with him. He's faithful. So trust in our Heavenly Father, who is powerful and is perfect. And then remember the words of the Apostle Paul, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Listen, God's not finished with us yet. Not yet. Don't ever forget that. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the reminder today of just how important the role is of dad. I think sometimes, Lord, we just let mom step into the void and we allow her to to do a lot of the hard work. And uh, Lord, we're sorry for that. We repent of that. Help us to take our responsibility seriously, to be the very best influence that we can be in our kids' lives. Help us, God, to invest ourselves authentically, to provide the time that they need and build those, those necessary protective fences for them. God, may we always see the blessing and the responsibility that it is of being a father. Lord, I pray for the men in this room that they would take the challenge today to raise the level of their game as as a parent. And they'll make a big difference, not only in the lives of their own kids, but in the lives of others. God, we're grateful for the second chance that you give us, the mulligan that you have given to us. And I pray, God, that we won't waste it. Help us to set that good example and to try to live it every day as consistently as we possibly can. And Lord, we pray for our kids that you will pour into them through us. That we'll be the conduit that you'll flow through. And they will become even more like Jesus than we ever thought they could be. Even more than we ever thought we could be. And Lord, they'll change the world because of it. God, we thank you. We praise you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have never taken that step of faith, naming Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, I can't think of a better thing that a dad could do to set an example for his kids than to take that step to say yes to Jesus. And uh, it's that simple put him on the throne of your life. Stop trying to do it all yourself 
and trust him to guide your steps. It'll change, the, it'll change your world. It'll change your eternity. And it will impact your kids for all eternity as well. If you've never done that, I want to invite you to uh, join me down front here. I'd love to talk to you about it. If you've got questions or you just want somebody to pray with you, I'm going to be right down here. I'd love to do that. Let's stand together. Let's worship the Lord. Come if you have a need.